sing, we do praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I had another song, but it's like a couple weeks ago, you know, that was it. What more can we say besides he's worthy of it all? There's nothing more. I think the song before was he was everything, but now, you know, he's worthy of it all. You know, and like the first song said, he's given us freedom. Right. As Christians, we don't have to be in bondage. You know, uh, Jesus has delivered us from that. Amen. Right? We, we shouldn't be in bondage, right? But truth be told, there are a lot of Christians that are still in bondage. Right? But that's okay. Jesus came to set the captives free no matter who we are. Right? Amen. Amen. So, we've been talking about the church's mission, and we're going to continue on at the end. We'll probably be on this one for a little bit. Uh, so, this will be part four. <laughs> so, the church's mission, uh, part four. Right, so, you know, we, we talked about, before we talked about the vision, and we gave New Life Kingdom Builders the vision, and then, you know, and with that, I don't know if I said it back then, but I'll say it now, you know, even as churches we should have vision, but as Christians, we should have vision, right? We should know what God is calling us to do, right? And unfortunately, again, a lot of Christians don't know, so they get tossed to and fro. I think God is calling me to do this. I think God is calling me to do that. And they have no idea. And not that God can't call us to multiple things, because he can. He can do what he wants to do. Right? He, and, and that's the good thing with God. But a lot of Christians find themselves in that because they don't know what God is calling them. Right? And then that goes where you start to mimic people. And actually, this ties into what I talked about before. You know, we don't mimic other churches. Right? So we don't mimic other believers. Right? It's going to lead us into today. <laughs> I'll get to the, uh, finish the title of the day in a minute. And then the second week was what? Crying in the wilderness, right? We talked about how John the Baptist came. He was a forerunner for Christ, the first coming. And guess what? As a church, we should be forerunners for Christ's second coming. Amen. Right? We should be the ones out there as a church saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? And then last week we talked about the call to discipleship. Right? How we're all disciples, no matter who we are, what title we hold, we're all disciples. And if we don't feel like it, if we're not a disciple, if we think we're up here, then something's wrong with that. Right? And we, we, don't, we don't operate in pride like that, because that, that's what that would be, pride. But we're all disciples, right? Some of us may more, be more mature in the word, but it doesn't matter. We're still disciples. We're still learning. We're still growing. I don't care what Christian is on the planet, how long we've been saved, we don't know everything in the Bible. Right? So, this leads us to today, to be like Jesus. That, that's what we're to be like. As, as Christians, we're to be like Jesus. You know, we had that commercial years ago, to be like Mike. If I could be like Mike, you know, and, and everybody was on the basketball court trying to be like Michael Jordan, right? But no matter how much they tried, they couldn't be like Michael Jordan, right? They had even athletes that played that were good at basketball, and, they, they, you know, they called one player Baby Jordan. But still, he could never be Michael Jordan. There was only one Michael Jordan, right? Just like there's only one Rasan, one Marie, one Maria, right? There's only one of us, right? But as Christians, we're to be like Christ, right? And then when you had that commercial, you had churches, you know, and they would, you know, ministers would give messages and they say, well, instead of being like Mike, let's be like Christ. And then they would say to the Monica, well, you know, to continue the commercial, that if I could be like Christ, no, it's not if we could be like Christ. We're supposed to be like Christ. Right? That We're supposed to be like Christ. But, you know, Jesus was 100% God. I mentioned this last week. 100% God and 100% man. Right? 
have to understand, we're 100% man. Alright? We will never be 100% God. That's right. The problem what we do is we place so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. And that's what we have to understand. Now, let me preface this. I'm not giving you a license to sin. Right? I'm telling you now, if you're practicing sin, you're going to hell. Right? Plain and simple. If I need to go to Scripture, we can go to Scripture. We can go to Corinthians because Bill was talking about it before service today. Right? So I'm not giving you a license to sin. Like I said, you practice the sin. I don't, I don't care how much you confess Christ, you're going to hell. The scriptures tell us that. Right? So, but we're to be like Christ, but we're not going to be perfect in that. Because we're human. Right? We're, we're, we're human. And, and we're, we're, we're going to make mistakes sometimes. But sometimes we beat ourselves up with it. And, you know, this is a faith walk, but we're to grow daily in our walk. Right? So we may mess up here one day. We may lose our temper one day. We may, my wife may catch an attitude with me. Because <laughs> I don't catch your attitudes. <laughs> Tell the stories. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. <laughs> I'm joking. He knows I'm joking. But, nah, you know, we're not going to be perfect. Right? We're not going to be perfect. And, and that's okay. We can't strive to be We know we're... We're going to make mistakes. Jesus knows that. Right? And, and, and just like 1 John 1 and 9 says, what? If we sin, what? We confess our sins. Right? And that's okay. But to be like Christ, what was Jesus? Jesus, was, he was holy. Right? Jesus was holy. And guess what? He's called us to be holy. Right? But even the fact that he's called us to be holy, we're not going to be perfect. But he's given us his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That helps us to be holy. Right? So... Even if we may not fully know some things, if we submit and surrender to His will, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us and let us know that something we're doing is not right. Right? We may not have all the answers, but the Holy Spirit will speak to us and say, ah, maybe I don't need to do that, right? But again, we may not fully understand. But Jesus was holy, so we're to be holy. Like I said, Scripture tells us. So Jesus was also what? He was about His Father's business. Right? He didn't come to glorify himself. He came, yes, he was going to receive the glory, but he kept uh, glorifying the Father. Right? So the same thing I talked about it even when we started this, right? We don't glorify new like kingdom builders. We glorify the kingdom. We glorify God. We glorify, yeah. we glorify Jesus now. Yeah. Right? That, that's what we glorify. So we don't glorify ourselves. Right? So what else was Jesus? G Jesus, what? He made disciples. Right? And that goes into the last week, called the discipleship. Jesus made disciples. We should, we should be making disciples. Right? And, and I said this Wednesday, I don't know if I said it last week, but I said it Wednesday that the evangelism part is the easy part. It's the discipleship part that's the hard part. Right? Because what happens is we see throughout the scriptures that the disciples were not perfect. Right? And then we can read it and we can say, man, if they were our disciples, we would be irritated with them. Right? <laughs> That's faith. And, and, and sometimes Jesus will probably be irritated. Not probably. He probably does get irritated with us sometimes. I told you to stop doing that, and we do it anyway. Right? I told you to go left, but you decided you wanted to go straight because you felt you were going to take a shortcut. Right? But Jesus is always, he's there. He's, he's there to help us, to guide us. But are we listening to him? Right? What else would you? Jesus loved people. Right? This is something we can have difficulty with, right? Because we do 
what the scriptures say not to do, what Jesus said not to do, we love those who love us and treat us right. But those that don't like us, we don't love them. Right? But we have to love our enemies. We have to love those that even use us. Right? That, and that takes the power of the Holy Spirit. See, if we try to do it out of our own strength, because we have this flesh, that's what may cause us to not be perfect. To lash out that, at that person because they've given us attitude, so now I'm going to give you attitude back. Right? But Jesus doesn't want us to do that. Right? Because he loved all people. He loved his enemies. Right? So even those that were coming to arrest him, he loved them. That's why he healed the servants here. He didn't. Now, let's be real. How many of us would have done that? We would have said, good job, Peter. <laughs> we, we probably would have said that. Good job. Thanks for having my back. Right? But no, that's not how Jesus came. Right? Jesus was coming from a, a different spirit. Right? That, that is the workings of the flesh there. So, what else? Jesus loved people. Jesus had compassion. We have to have compassion for people. Right? Sometimes what we do is we have sympathy for people, but compassion is different. Sympathy causes us to feel sorry for people. Compassion causes us, again, to love people and want to help them, regardless of what they may have done to us. Right? So we can all probably give a story of somebody helping, hurting us, but can we get the story, the, the finish of the story, where we show compassion to them? Right? We, we have to show compassion. These are all things that Jesus did. So, and, and, and being like Jesus, these are all the things that we should be doing, right? So what else did Jesus do? He went about, and we read this from Matthew 4 and 23, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing, right? So part of that discipleship is the teaching aspect. And we'll probably get a little bit more into that in the coming weeks. But, you know, teaching, preaching, and healing, right? So understand, wherever Jesus went, he healed people. Right? And we're going to talk more about his healing in the coming weeks because Jesus healed every kind of sickness there was. And guess what? Jesus is still healing today. Right? And not just physical healing. There's emotional healing. That, you know, because some people may not be physically sick, but they're emotionally sick. Right? So Jesus is the healer. So um, uh, Mark uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 56 I'm going to just read that one verse so you don't have to turn it. You actually, you can start turning to Matthew 14. But I'm going to read Mark 56, 56. Whenever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and bathed him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. So I talked about last week how the woman with the issue of blood was not the only one to touch the hem of his garment. But the difference is, she did it without asking Jesus. These people are asking him. They're begging him. Just to, Their faith was so strong for just to touch Christ, just the hem of his garment, to be healed. Why? Because he was 100% God. He had that power in him. All right, so Matthew 14. So what we do is, again, we put unfair expectations on ourselves, right? So... We know that Jesus heals today, but at the same time, we don't see the, the rate of healing that we saw in the early church. We don't see the rate of healing when Jesus walked. Why is that? Is it because we don't have faith? You know, faith healers will tell us that, well, you don't have faith, so that's why you didn't receive your healing. No, God is sovereign. 
Right? So God could choose to heal or not to heal. Because we have to understand, y'all heard me say it before, Paul was sick. Right? Epaphroditus was sick in the Bible, in Philippians. Paul talks about that. He, he was sick to the point of almost death. And yes, he got healed, but he was still sick. Right? So sometimes we, we you know, and, 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 it, and it's like, if the faith healers truly believe that it was because of lack of faith that you're not being healed, then why did they die? Right? Because why don't they have enough faith to continue to live? Right? Because Hezekiah lived for what? Another 15 years. Lazarus came back. <laughs> right? But they will tell you that you're not receiving your healing because it's on you because of your lack of faith. Well, that's not true. Right? Because guess what? You hear me say it all the time. God is still God, whether he decides to heal us or not. Right? And we always have to remember to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Right? So we don't have to fear death. Right? Does sickness hurt? Yes, it does hurt the body. Right? Does it suck? Yes. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? It still doesn't keep us from being saved. It still doesn't prevent us from worshiping the Lord most of the time. Right? We still honor and still recognize that Jesus is still Lord. Alright. So, let's look at uh, Matthew Matthew 14, 33. Actually, I'm going to start at 29. So, prior to this, you know, this is where Peter's walking on the water. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, um, prior to verse 33. Peter's walking on the water. So, understand this. So, verse 29. I'll start at verse 29. So, so he's actually 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So let's stop right there. He says, oh, you a little faith. Now, Peter just got finished walking on the water, and we always hear this message, and we probably taught it ourselves, that Peter doubted. So he sank. But understand, yes, he sank, but it didn't mean he wasn't saved. Because he was saved, he was still saved spiritually and saved physically in this because Jesus still loved him enough, right? But... We have to understand this. We have the Bible. We have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. You're talking about Peter walked on water and was walking with the Son of God. He was walking with God, eating with God, conversating with God, but yet he still doubted. So you're going to tell me Peter wasn't saved? No. Sometimes we may doubt. Right? So let's keep going. Verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So truly you are the Son of God. So that may lead me to believe, well, maybe, just maybe, they didn't have 100% belief in it. When they used the word, truly, you are the Son of God. Right? They still recognize him as Christ, as the Messiah. Right? So sometimes we got to stop beating them. Because they were disciples, they were still learning. Jesus didn't beat them over the head. But he was still teaching them along the way. Right? Sometimes, yes, he may have grown frustrated with them. Just like he may grow frustrated with us. 
But we don't give up and say, oh, man, I missed it. That's it. I'm going back into the world. No. They didn't leave Jesus. They still stuck with him. Peter still stuck with Jesus, even though, and see, <laughs> he could have been embarrassed. Because guess what? He had all, he had the other disciples, the other eleven, watching him. Watching him. Walk on water, but then fall. And sink. And Jesus tells them, why did you doubt? They could have said something to him. Well, why did you doubt? Peter could have said, why did you get out on the water? Hey, get out of Alright, so let's keep going. Uh, verse 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the, to the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. So this is again what we just read in Mark. Right? So they came to Jesus. They saw. And the people, when, they, when Jesus showed up on the land, they got all the sick people. Them to Jesus, right? We don't even do that nowadays, right? We're quick to run somebody to the hospital, right? Now, in other countries, they won't be quick to do that. They're going to be quick to pray and trust Jesus because they don't have the luxuries that we have in this country, right? We can quick, quickly call 911, ambulance will be here, and no problem. We may have a bill at the end, you know, unless you have Aflac. Son, 
who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. So real quick, I talked about last week, all that gyration, all that stuff. That's not Christ. That is usually, when we see in the Bible, that is a demonic spirit come out of somebody. So when we see Christians doing all that shaking and stuff, that's not Christ. Alright? Verse 21. So he asked his father, how long has, has this been happening? And he said, from childhood, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So what did I say? Jesus had compassion. Verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Right? If you can believe. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe you can heal my son and deliver him. But I still have a little bit of doubt. Okay? I believe, but I still have a little bit of doubt. Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So what we have to understand, actually, before I go there, let's go to Matthew 17. Same story. Matthew 17, verse 14. Because sometimes we're under the impression that prayer and fasting is going to help us to get power. <laughs> nope. <Thank> you. <laughs> prayer and fasting, actually, what it does, it helps us get closer to God. That's what it does. Right? Prayer and fasting doesn't mean you're going to have power. But prayer and fasting means that we're going to dedicate and devote our lives and our walk with God. So, does that mean that power can come through us? Yes, because now we've been walking with Him. Alright, verse 14. I'm going to probably go down to 21. <clears throat> Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Verse 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your what? Unbelief. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So we have to understand, 
you can still pray and fast, but you can still be in unbelief. Mm -hmm. So praying and fasting, and you still be in unbelief, you still get, you can still pray and fast and have all in your because we gotta remember the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they still pray and fast. Mm -hmm. But they walk with no power. Because they weren't doing things right. Their heart wasn't right. Mm -hmm. See, we have to learn to be honest with God. If we have unbelief, if we have doubt, if we have fear in our heart, don't you think Jesus knows that already? So why would we mask it? If we have unforgiveness in our heart, Jesus knows it. And as a matter of fact, if we're truly discerning, we can see it on people. Because that person that have unforgiveness, guess what? They're going to try to get away from them. <laughs> they don't want to talk to them. Right? I've been there. Because something on the inside, it starts agitating. <laughs> right? It's like, get away from me. I won't be bothered with you. Right? But we got to be honest. And we got to go before the Lord. Right? It's the same thing. We don't come and bring an offering to the Lord. He talks about that, right? We got to go to our brother and sister and get it right. But we don't do that. Right? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm a mask because I don't want nobody to see my fault. Well, how do we expect to get healed? How do we expect to get delivered from that? If all we're going to do is mask it, and then what we do is we go home, and then we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, and we're praying. But we don't want to be honest. right? We, we, we have to be honest with these things, right? Because we've all dealt with it. right? None of us are exempt. The only one who didn't deal with it was Jesus. right? Because we're in a fallen world. We're fallen people. Because we have an earthly father, that's how sin was passed down to us, for those that don't know. Right? Bible doesn't specifically say that, but it says it because Jesus didn't have an earthly father and he was sinless. So we're going to fall short sometimes, right? And, and, and that's okay. But we get back up. Jesus knows, right? And again, I'm not giving you a license to sin, right? No, this is not a license to sin. But we, what is it? I'm trying to get us to be honest in our hearts, right? Because sometimes we be in need of prayer, we may not ask, right? Because, uh, I don't want people to know I'm struggling with this, right? We all struggle with things, no matter how long we've been saved. We, see, I see the hands nodding, right? We all struggle with things. It's okay to admit that I may have some doubt with this, but just like the man said, Lord, help my own belief. Again, he believed in Jesus and he believed enough to even bring his son to the disciples. That the disciples were healed. Now, he's expecting his son to get healed. Guess what? His son doesn't get healed. So, guess what? That might add to his doubt. So sometimes we may ask God to heal us from something, or ask God to answer a prayer for us, and it may not get answered, but then we start to doubt. And we start to give up. No. He wants to stay in faith. Right? He wants to stay in faith. Because guess what? Paul could have gave up when he was stoned. Paul could have gave up when he was in the wilderness. Paul could have gave up when he was cast away. But no. Paul kept walking the walk. Right? Paul, you know, I'm telling my wife this this morning because I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. No, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12. Y'all can read it. But, you know, he's talking about how he's writing in his letter to the Corinthians that 
Because there were some false apostles that came in there. And see, we think there's something new under the sun. <laughs> but the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So when we see all these people that claiming to be apostles and things like that, and claiming all these, uh, working to these miracles, all that happened back in Paul's day, in the early church. He talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And what happens, and see, we, we, we like to say the church today is the church of Laodicea. No, the church today is the Corinthian church. Because they were enamored by these quote-unquote super apostles. And they were actually false apostles. Actually, let's turn around. <laughs> See me some looks. Okay? 
and still don't get paid in. Everybody that spoke up here got more money than me. I have not wrote a check to myself. And you can check the books for that. But everybody that's got up here to speak, we bless them with the offer. But we should not be going around looking for handouts. Go to work. It's time for us to go to work. Right? Man does not work. You don't eat. That's right. Plain and simple. That was just a sidebar. That wasn't a funny sidebar. But, right. As the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you, God knows. But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Now we got many like this today. A lot of these television evangelists, that's what they are. Why? Keep going. Verse 14, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Well, wait a minute. So they transform themselves into apostles. Hmm. We're not to transform ourselves into apostles. No pastors. No evangelists, no prophets, no teachers. It's a call. But people are doing this today. These schools are ministries. That's what they're doing today. Right? So, if you graduate with a certificate or a doctorate, whatever, master's, bachelor's in, to be an apostle, you transformed yourself into an apostle. Because truth of the matter is, you don't need that. Yes, God may bring us through some, some training and things like that, and there's nothing wrong with the training, but we're looking for a fast track because what we, I'm saying we as a church, not we in here, but we as a church, we're looking to be prominent. Paul is saying here, I didn't speak about myself. But yet these same people will talk about their exploits, what they've experienced. That's not a testimony. That's selfishness. That's pride, actually. That's what it is, pride. And I guess it's still a form of selfishness. Right? So in a sense, they're robbing God. So they may not be robbing God of tithes and offerings, but they're robbing God of His glory. Yeah. So Paul, if we're preaching about ourselves, if we're preaching what we've done, that's not Christ. That's not Christ. It should be about Christ. Why do we have to preach anything that's not from here? It's my iPad, but the Bible, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> why do we have to preach anything? <laughs> I gotta keep remembering. I got this. But why do we have to preach anything that's not from here? You could be in churches now and you may get one scripture. One scripture. And then they take it out of context. Right? And then we learn to take the scripture out of context, right? I've been guilty of it. Right? I've been guilty of it in the past. Right? So, Romans, I think it's 2 and 11. God's not respect a person. That's the scripture. And then we apply that to, oh, God's going to bless you because he's not respect a person. Go back and read that chapter. That chapter's on judgment. <laughs> so he's not a respect a person of you getting judged. Because you walking in sin 
If you're not living right, that's what he's not a respectable person of. It ain't got nothing to do with no blessing. But we hear it all the time. God's not a respectable person. He blessed me with this. He blessed me with that. He's going to bless you the same way. Give and give again. Give. <laughs> and they take that scripture out of context. <laughs> and, and, and see, that's again, understanding the scriptures, the context behind the scriptures. Right? This is why we have to read the word. Right? It, 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 Lord, Lord spoke to me this week. And this is again a litmus test for you all. If, and again, there's nothing totally wrong in doing these things. However, if we're watching these television evangelists, if we're watching the YouTube podcast, even if you're watching me, <coughs> if we're watching all these things all the time, morning we're reading the Bible, something's wrong. Then the Bible is not shaping us. The Bible's not shaping us. We're allowing man to shape us. Right? We've got to be careful of those things. It's not, again, it's not that we can't watch those things, but that can't be a lifestyle. Right? We, we have to be in this word more than anything. Right? Because there's a lot of deception out here in this world. A lot of deception. And you know what? We know pastors, ministers, personally. And I'm saying we as in all of us. And they're not teaching the word properly. They're not teaching the word properly. And we won't say anything. We'll just sit right there. Even if they invite us to come here or listen, we'll just sit right there. And just take it in. And we'll, some of us being there. Amen. Amen. And they took the scripture all out of context. And then, guess what? Now, that's in the spirit. Because it goes back to what I said a while ago. No matter what we hear, as long as we hear, it shapes our thinking. It shapes what we're growing into. It's shaping our spirit. Because you know what? Our eye gates and our ear gates, even our mouths. That's what's growing our spirit, man. That, that's, we, we, we allow all that stuff to come inside of us. Right? And the truth of the matter is, we don't go to the Word because of flesh and we're lazy. That's why you hear me say, we've got to study the Word. Right? We may not all study the Word the same, but we have to study the Word. We, we have to make it a point to study the Word daily, every day. Right? That's how we grow. That's how we be like Christ. We can't be like Christ if we don't know what Christ did. That's right. We can't be like Christ if all we're doing is just listening to what somebody's telling us Christ is. That's why I encourage you to take notes in the scriptures that I have here. Right? Go back and you fact check me. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm 100% man. <laughs> right? I'm 100% man. Right? But it's okay. Right? Because I'm not Jesus. So I'm not going to get it all right all the time. Right? But best believe, when I give you some, I am studying it. <laughs> I am looking it up and, and verifying my facts for the most part. But does it mean I might miss it? Yeah, I could. Because again, I'm 100% man. I can't be 100% God. Right? Yes, God is in me. God is going to lead me. Right? He's going to guide me in everything. Right? As long as I submit to him. But, you know, again, we have to be honest with that. You know, and that's what I say. So even when we come up here, even when we were talking, I said it a bunch of times, over-exaggeration is still a lie. 
It's still a lie. God doesn't need us to lie on it. God just wants us to be honest. Right? So now, if we're walking, and you know what? And we're believing God for something. But yeah, we may still have a little doubts. Because that's normal. Doubts may come. We have an enemy. <laughs> He's going to throw fiery darts at us. Right? And he may catch us at a down moment. Right? But it, guess what? We may be better in an hour or two. Right? But we just have to ask God, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. It is okay. It is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? We don't have to listen to all these people say, no, you don't ever be in doubt. Stop. That's not in the Bible. Right? That's not in the Bible. And I guarantee if you put them in a situation that Paul was in, <laughs> actually, they were probably quick. I was going to say something else, but they were just quick. They were just quick. But Paul trusted Christ. As much as he, and see, we read it Wednesday when Paul and Barnabas had their phone out. See, that showed Paul was 100 percent man. He didn't, he wasn't perfect. Right? Because there was a shock. So they were both wrong. They were both wrong. Barnabas and Paul in that. It's not that Paul was right because he wrote most of the New Testament. No, he was wrong. Plain and simple. And that's okay. We may get wrong. We may be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> but we got to help. we, we, we got to pray and say, Lord, help my own belief. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll stop there. Amen. Let's bow our hands. <laughs>